0: The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. Take a look at this. 20 miles off the coast of the Gaza Strip, there's an untapped natural gas field called the Gaza Marine. This field holds an estimated trillion cubic feet of natural gas, and the U.S. wants to develop it. Amos Hochstein, Biden's energy security advisor, referred to this as an economic revitalization plan for a post-war Gaza Strip, stating that there are companies willing to develop those fields. The United States has a contentious history with foreign resources. During the Iraq War, the U.S. opened the country's fully nationalized oil industry. Today, Iraq is dominated by privatized foreign firms.
1: All right. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Happy Monday to everybody. Gosh, can you believe we're in December? I mean, seriously, oh my goodness. 30 more days or less than 30 days and it's New Year's. I really feel like the year just started and it's already over. I've talked about this before. I don't know if it's social media and the concept of instant gratification, you know, through text messaging and you know instant delivery of things and all that i don't know why but gosh time seems to definitely go by faster these days which is not a good thing cuz that means we're getting older faster but anyway all right listen i uh i i'm going to use today as a little bit of a follow up on several things we talked about Last week, you know, I had a conversation Saturday with a good buddy of mine who lives in the Midwest and, you know, we were talking about like just everything. And obviously he's a, he's a, a listener of the podcast and he said, you know, dude, he's like, God, I really like, I was trying to think of other topics to send you. Cause he's actually sent me a few different things to, to look at. And he's, he's actually gave me some great ideas o- over the past couple months And we both kind of agreed, you know, it's like, wow, this Israel-Palestine situation really is like, I mean, it's dominant unlike anything, maybe besides the beginning, you know, March through November of 2020 when everything was about COVID and that was really the only major thing in the news cycle. You know, we talked about the George Santos situation, if you don't know who that is, good for you actually, but he was a congressman, Republican congressman who basically was ridiculously deceptive. He got voted out, fired on his day off, good riddance. There's no, there's no room. There's no room in a governing body for that level of deception. So I'm glad that guy's gone. And then it's just like overall, and, and trust me, I really want to, I really want to talk about, you know, other things for sure, which I think we've done whether it's the DeSantis the DeSantis Gavin Newsom debate which I have a feeling there's going to be more of these debates now I don't know if it's going to be a Vivek versus RFK Jr my idea by the way or other governors I have a feeling they might they might have other governors do the debate and just god I feel like debate debating is going to become you know the next UFC sport kind of like that slapping sport that dana white purchased i don't know if you've seen that that thing is ridiculous two dudes stand in front of each other and then they slap the s-h-i-t out of each other and see who can withstand that that cannot be good for your equilibrium inside your ears so that is a hard pass for ad on that but if you've seen some of those videos man that stuff is brutal that stuff is brutal. Anyway, so I'm going to use today to kind of dive in a little more on a few of the topics we talked about last week. And, you know, there's a couple other things from the Nord Stream explosion that I wanted to play. And then you were, you know, I started off, this clip I started off about the natural gas. You know, this thing is starting to take shape in my mind a little more, you know, there's, there's also more information coming out about it, you know, obviously, if this ends up being true, if there, if there does end up being a gigantic, I guess, natural gas depository discovered off the coast of Gaza, and then there's another, I haven't talked about this yet, but there's another situation through Gaza where they're talking about the building of a canal, a waterway canal that would basically compete against the Suez Canal. And the Suez Canal is owned by Egypt, and supposedly it it, it dumps about 10 to $15 billion a year of, of revenue for Egypt. And then there's, a, there's talk about a competing canal through israel that really runs through the heart of gaza to the mediterranean and so you know some people are like hey is this gaza situation all about that is it all about the natural gas or is it just all about you know this ongoing religious ethnic cleansing desire or whatever i don't know i really don't know it's like the more i know the more I don't know, you know? The more I research, the more I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much more to research. But anyway, I I think we're on a good path with this. I really do. At least I will say an overall understanding about, you know, kind of what potentially could be going on and then a little more history about that region. So this week, I'm definitely going to cover things Going all the way back to 1917, and there's something called the Balfour Declaration, okay, 1917, 1948 was when Israel actually was created. So we're going to go back and kind of revisit that a little bit to try and understand that a little bit better, as well as like the role of President Harry Truman during that. The 1917 Balfour Declaration, that was pretty much all run by England. Okay. So it's kind of like England was the big dog in the early 1900s. And then I think after the first and second world war, I think that's when the United States kind of, kind of took, took the mantle, so to speak. So we'll talk about 1917, 1948. There was another uh, seven-day war, or was it the six-day war? Six-day or seven-day war in 1967. So that's another defining moment in the Israel-Palestine thing. I'll visit that later this week. We'll talk about the, the, the PLO and then the modern-day Palestinian Authority, the PA. And actually, I'm going to talk about that today because if you remember in, I forget what episode it was last week, but for some reason, I don't know, I started seeing a little a little connection between Netanyahu and Mahmoud Abbas. Netanyahu, obviously the prime minister of Israel, and then Mahmoud Abbas has been the long-standing leader of the Palestinian Authority. It's called the PA. And then the PA runs the West Bank, and by the way, we'll definitely talk more about the West Bank this week so you understand that, because prior until this week, really all of the quote-unquote Palestine focus has been on Gaza. And again, just to refresh your memory, actually here's another great example. If you turn your left hand toward your face so you're staring at your palm, Gaza is your thumb And then the West Bank is your pinky. Think about it like that. Another good Ray D analogy. That's also the shape of the state of Michigan, by the way. So, anyway, we're gonna go over all that stuff, but I definitely saw some things this weekend that I found really interesting. And I'm gonna play them for you. But let me play that clip that I played at the beginning of the episode again because. Repetition is the mother of all learning. So really pay attention and listen to this.
0: Take a look at this. 20 miles off the coast of the Gaza Strip, there's an untapped natural gas field called the Gaza Marine. This field holds an estimated trillion cubic feet of natural gas. And the U.S., wants to develop it. Amos Hochstein, Biden's energy security advisor, referred to this as an economic revitalization plan for a post-war Gaza Strip, stating that there are companies willing to develop those fields.
1: All right, I'm going to stop it there. So Amos Hochstein, one of Biden's energy uh, advisors, stated it was that there is a economic revitalization plan for post-war Gaza And there are companies willing to basically develop that and fund that. What I found interesting was that they're already thinking, and I'm sure they've been thinking, about the plan after the war, the quote-unquote war.
2: Shortly after October 7th, President Biden and I began discussions with our national security team about post-conflict Gaza.
1: So this was Saturday, Vice President Kamala Harris in Doha at something called the COP28, which was about climate-related stuff. But I found it interesting that she said shortly after October 7th, we started talking about a post-war Gaza.
2: We have begun to engage partners in the region and around the world in these conversations.
1: We have begun to engage partners around the world and in the region In these conversations. I mean, again, it reinforces the the clip from the Amos Hochstein guy.
2: And this has been a key priority over the last eight weeks.
1: And this has been a key priority over the last eight weeks. I mean, again, maybe I'm, I don't know, God, maybe my brain is just wired differently. But like, it's weird to me that this is a key priority over the last eight weeks when the war has only lasted eight weeks. Like, this was a key priority from the second this started? Think about that.
2: Five principles guide our approach for post-conflict Gaza. No forcible displacement, no reoccupation, no siege or blockade, no reduction in territory and no use of gaza as a platform for terrorism
1: all right so you know what i like those five principles and honestly let's let's pretend this is this is real and let's pretend there is a shit ton of natural gas that was found off of gaza off of the gaza coast and let's pretend that this entire thing is to basically enable that to happen. Okay. If all that happens and who knows which countries and private organizations benefit from it, but the Palestinian people, there becomes a two state solution and they finally get to live their lives in freedom without being occupied, without having, you know, a foot on their throat. And they get to do what everyone else gets to do. Israel gets to no longer have fear of being attacked and no longer have that, you know, sleep with one eye open because of Hamas or the next Hamas or whatever. I mean, are we good with that? Are we good with that? I mean, it's, you know, it's... (laughs) That's an interesting question. I mean, that's an interesting question. Yes, it is a little, I guess, deceptive. And obviously, again, I'm not going to say countries, but certain countries would benefit. Certain private organizations would benefit. Private companies would benefit. I'm sure many individual people would benefit. But if the greater good brings peace and freedom to the collective people, are we good with that? I don't know. Give that one a think. I mean, I honestly, God, I I think I am good with that because otherwise it's just going to be ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. And again, I even though even though I try to stay true to what is truly right, I guess for me right now what is more right than anything is just to stop innocent civilians from being killed and stop people from suffering because people are suffering. They are suffering, whether it's the families of the remaining hostages or whether it's the Palestinians in Gaza, which again, if you saw the, the as soon as the truce ended at like 1259 at like 101 israel started dropping bombs again and now they're targeting things in southern gaza so you know i don't know let let a bunch of people make a ton of money but make that stop i think i'm good with that
2: we want to see a unified gaza and west bank under the palestinian authority
1: alert 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 pay attention did you hear that?
2: We want to see a unified Gaza and West Bank under the Palestinian Authority.
1: The Palestinian Authority has entered the chat. Similar to how I shared that Ron Jeremy <laughs> entered my chat with my buddy. I went back and I listened and I was like, dude, that was weird. I should not have said that. I might have to edit that out and resubmit that episode. I was just. That's just not something you want on record, on audio record. You do not not want any any trail of you saying, (laughs) saying Ron Jeremy's name, for that matter. All right, I might have to edit that out.
2: And Palestinian voices and aspirations must be at the center of this work.
1: All right, that was pretty interesting to me, and... I've got more from her talk that I'm going to play, but the the incredibly interesting takeaways for me was, one, she brings up the Palestinian Authority as the governing body. Now, remember, up until now, we've barely heard anything about the Palestinian Authority in relation to this war in general. Really, think about it. Everything has been Gaza, Hamas, Hamas, Hamas you know you really have not heard anything of the Palestinian authority that those two words so remember it's Palestinian authority PA they'll call it PA right you've heard nothing about that and then all of a sudden you've got the vice president saying hey we think that you know what needs to happen is we've got a bunch of private companies that are willing to rebuild and you know we're going to we're going to do right and This also kind of cements the fact that, yes, there is an occupation. You know, this really, she really said kind of the quiet part out loud. Listen to this again.
2: No forcible displacement, no reoccupation.
1: No forcible displacement, no reoccupation.
2: No siege or blockade, no reduction
1: in territory no siege or blockade or reduction in territory. Again, these are four of the five principles, and these are all kind of pro-Palestine, you know, in their favor.
2: And no use of Gaza as a platform for terrorism.
1: And then the fifth one, no use of Gaza as a platform for terrorism. Okay, I'm cool with that. But that obviously is going at Hamas saying, hey, you guys are going to need to leave. And again, remember, Now they're, they're bringing, you know, this is the vice president bringing the Palestinian authority, not Ron Jeremy into the chat. So like, that's pretty interesting to me. That was a big takeaway. And then again, the fact that, you know, in my opinion, she kind of said the quiet part out loud. There's a lot of people on social media that are still arguing. There's no occupation. The, The Israelis treat the Palestinians like their own. Well, they don't. They don't. Definitely not in Gaza. And I don't think in the West Bank either. But anyway, that was really interesting.
2: To that end, I've had a number of in-depth conversations with Arab leaders here in Dubai. Specifically, I proposed three areas of focus. One, reconstruction. The international community must dedicate significant resources to support short- and long-term recovery in Gaza.
1: This is where big money enters the chat and the whole concept of rebuilding and all of that, you know, obviously that's going to take a lot of money. I don't know. This is, this is a developing story line, a developing storyline, but let's listen.
2: For example, rebuilding hospitals and housing, restoring electricity and clean water and ensuring that bakeries can reopen and be restocked. Second, security. The Palestinian Authority Security Forces must be strengthened.
1: Again, now she's saying the Palestinian Authority Security Forces. So does the PA get an army? What do they get? Remember in last week's episode, I talked about how in 2005, when they withdrew, when Israel withdrew the 8,500 settlers from Gaza, what ended up happening? An aid package of 50 to 300 million was given to the Palestinian Authority, not to Gaza. Again, Palestinian Authority, the PA, your boy Mahmoud Abbas.
2: To eventually assume security responsibilities in Gaza. Until then, there must be security arrangements that are acceptable to Israel, the people of Gaza, the Palestinian Authority, and the international partners. And to reiterate, and this is very important.
1: The way she said that, she's like, hey, Hamas, listen up. This part's about you.
2: Terrorists will not be permitted to continue to threaten Israel. Third, governance. The Palestinian Authority must be revitalized, driven by the will of the Palestinian people.
1: Okay, that that's interesting. Again, the Palestinian Authority must be revitalized driven by the will of the Palestinian people. People, this is going to be a deeper dive, but from my initial research, I don't think the Palestinian people like the Palestinian Authority, but I've got to delve into that more.
2: Which will allow them to benefit from the rule of law and a transparent, responsive government. Eventually, this revitalized PA must have the capacity to govern Gaza as well as the West Bank.
1: All right. I mean, she said eventually this revitalized PA, again, PA is Palestinian Authority, your boy Mahmoud Abbas, must have the will and authority or whatever she said to govern the West Bank and Gaza. So they're setting that stage for the Palestinian Authority to be the governing body for both segments. Remember, that's not how it's been since gosh, 1987, basically, or 2005, or it's it's not been how it's been for a long time. And I'm going to get into this more because I can't find the clips, but so Benjamin Netanyahu, he doesn't like this. I know he doesn't like this. He doesn't like the concept of the two entities for Palestine West Bank and Gaza being together as one entity and he's really done everything in his power over the past 20 years for that not to happen including the funding of Hamas which we've talked about in several other episodes and there's there's literally you know crazy data here's another article this is literally from October 8th The day after, obviously, October 7th. And this is in the Times of Israel, one of their major papers. And again, the headline, for years Netanyahu propped up Hamas. Now it's blown up in our faces. The prime minister's policy of treating the terror group as a partner at the expense of Abbas and Palestinian statehood, and that means the combination of the two, has resulted in wounds that will take Israel years to heal from. Literally, by Tal Schneider, October 8th. So I've got a few clips of Netanyahu to kind of prove that point. But anyway, my point is, Bro does not want that. He does not want a Palestinian state. He does not want the combination of the West Bank and Gaza and so... The rubber is going to meet the road with him, and I personally am making the call. I think when this is all said and done, Netanyahu's out. I think he's going to be forced out or or they might give him like the dignity of saying, "You know what? I was here to usher us through this, you know, challenging time. And now I'm stepping aside. But I don't think he is in the long-term plans. All right, party people. It's Monday. We're coming up on 24 minutes. I actually have a couple more clips, but I'm going to save them. So we're going to end it here. Interesting stuff. Let's connect these dots, or let's try to connect these dots. But just remember, and I said this a long time ago, if the dots are that obvious... They're probably the wrong dots. All right, keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars, and keep calling a spade a spade.
0: This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your Boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins, build your immune system with Boost. Available on Boost.com.